0: I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, Rich in Real Life. Welcome back to Rich in Real Life. Guys, it's your host, Jessica Hurley. And this is episode is a Friday feature. And these are just episodes where I sit down and I get to be a guest on an incredible show. And I think it's so good. I want to share it with you guys. However, this episode, this feature in particular is one that I have to gleam about right now. Like y'all really need to understand. Y'all got to understand my excitement behind this episode because this is such a freaking full circle moment for me. And you'll hear my excitement in the episode. But I started my entrepreneurial journey in literally 2017. Um, 2018 was when I got like real serious, 2019 was when I quit my corporate job and I've been working hard at this thing for the last four years. But when I first started end of 2017, 2018, I remember somebody, there were a few heavy hitters that I was following at the time that I was just kind of following their every move, trying to figure out how they were doing what they do. And one of the biggest ones who was the first course I ever purchased and watched on video in my garage was Danielle Leslie. And if you guys don't know who Danielle Leslie is, she has been coined in Forbes as the millionaire maker. She has helped Thousands and thousands of people build their course from scratch with her program, which is called Course From Scratch, and just coached and mastermind and helped literally so many people take their zone of genius and turn it into something valuable that they could sell online. Um, Just an incredible all-around spirit, but I was really watching her every move and just wildly impressed with the way she showed up in the world. And you fast forward three and a half years later and I get a DM from her team about running her podcast. And so I got a chance to meet her in 2021 on the other side of that, which was like me working with her and her being a client of us inside Instapodcast and her and I got a chance to develop an incredible relationship. And so I got to sit down with her for a true Q&A episode, asking her about everything as a an ideal audience member, as a guest, as a friend, as a just viewer of her whole journey. And this interview is such a vulnerable behind the scenes, peel back the layers, like for her to have made all of that money and done everything she said she was going to do and truly hit a ceiling, hit a ceiling and then be like, wait a minute, I did all this. Now who am, am I? because this shit became my life and now I don't know where to go from here and her taking a little bit of a hiatus to spend some time with herself and search for other modalities to just kind of find herself and constantly ask that question and hear the voice in her head and not everyone else's because you, regardless of the money y'all, I don't think y'all understand you can make all this money and just be on this trajectory and be listening to what everyone says and pay tons of money to be in different masterminds and watching what everyone does and feel like you need to do what everyone else does as everyone else pivots. It's insane. Um, And for her to really sit down with herself and so much of that hiatus changing or kind of helping her recreate a new identity. And I'm a firm believer in constantly recreating ourselves. And so is she. And so this conversation is wow. Wow it is one for the books. And so with all the excitement I could possibly have, I really, really want you guys to listen in intentionally to this episode of my interview sitting down with Danielle Leslie, the millionaire maker, having an honest conversation about everything that changed on her journey to get her to this place where she launched her honest, vulnerable, and very futuristic podcast called Since 3000. I hope you guys enjoy.
1: Welcome back to Since 3000, I'm Danielle Leslie and I am so honored to be sharing the sofa today with Jessica Hurley. You are gonna meet her in just a second. Jessica, producer extraordinaire, she has produced the most amazing podcast for the most amazing people, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. Can we do a cheers? Woo,
0: Thank cheers. you for coming. Cheers to you! Yes. Cheers to since three thousand. Cheers to all your success, everything that you've accomplished, and everything that we've got to witness. Thank you. Cheers to you being you and giving us all permission to be ourselves, and for that to be our brand. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Personally, I appreciate that, and I know your audience appreciates that. Thank you. So cheers to you. Oh. Cheers. Today's interview is about you. I'm interviewing Danielle Leslie. I want to talk about your success, your story, and so I'm switching. So switch. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I have to start here because this is like a dream for me, and this is my full circle moment of starting a show four and a half years ago, my own podcast show, with the intention of interviewing entrepreneurs because I had two failed attempts as an entrepreneur. And when I finally was ready to give it all up, I was like, you know what? I just want to start a show where I interview incredible entrepreneurs and ask them. I get their accolades. I already know because I I chase them. I follow them. I love it. But I want to ask them about the moments they felt the most stuck. I want to know about the moment that they were crying in the car. I want to know about the moment where they were on their knees. They thought they could not continue. And I want them to explain how they got through it, because those moments seem inevitable. And someone that had failed multiple times, I was like, how y'all doing this? Because I don't understand. And you were the first course, you were the first digital course I ever watched. And I was like, this woman is incredible. Oh my God. So to be sitting on the couch with you, I'm having my full circle moment of like, interviewing the ultimate entrepreneur, the everyone's measuring stick for success so many women and I'm interviewing you. So thank you for, thank you for
1: sharing that. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it's
0: been amazing to work with you. Thank you.
1: Like, so this, this is amazing. So normally you're behind the camera yes. and you're helping guide. And so I love that. Like, I'm just like, what's going to happen? It's going to be magic.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Oh, yes. There might be, you know, there might be a little nerves cause this is like a big, oh. this is a big full circle moment oh, for me. Wow. Cause my favorite thing behind the camera is to pretend to be the audience. I'm like, if someone is listening, because I am the ultimate podcast listener, I love it. I love the art. It's an art form to me. So to sit behind the camera and hear all of it and think, what is the audience thinking? How are they perceiving this? How are they receiving this? And to now sit in this chair with you is fun. So we jumping in. You ready? Let's go. (laughs) Deep end.
1: 11 feet. Is that where we
0: at? I don't know. I like it when it's so deep. My feet can't touch the bottom. So let's go 3,000 feet. So one of my favorite things about you is that you are like people don't understand the level of freedom in which you operate. Like you are playful, you are free spirited, you live life to me. And I say this in all the ways you want to see it. You're like drunk off life, Oh. <laughs> you be living, you hear me? Like you be living, <laughs> you be living. <laughs> and it is my favorite. And I remember reading this one liner in a book and it made me think of you instantly. It was like the more healed people are, the more playful they are. Wow. And so I was like, man, that is a hightail sign of the work that Danielle has done is because then you stop judging yourself. Like, really, it's ultimately that you stop judging yourself. Yes. And so I, when I see you in the way you move, like there's even times where you've called me to do things like dance in public and do that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like I'm not ready for that. And it's where I see that ultimately you have completely stopped judging yourself, which means not, you know, not completely. We always have our moments, but that you've stopped judging yourself. You've done the work because you are so playful to the point where you allow it to inspire you. And so they also say it's darkest before the light. Mm. So in order for you to have gotten to that place of doing the work, and we'll talk about that, you've done so much work. What was that dark night of the soul moment? What was that moment where you were like, life was good until now. It's like a before and after. It's an unforgiving moment of ourselves. Like life was one way... in this moment and then after this moment, I decided to change. What was that moment that sparked your healing journey?
1: Oh, that's good. It's interesting. So I have one moment that comes to mind. And by the way, I love how you articulated that because I would say my biggest Achilles heel has been the self-judgment. I think only until recently I had the language around it. And then the first iteration of that language was, I'm afraid of what others will think until it was actually my therapist who said, are you afraid of what others will think or afraid of what you think about yourself? And I was like, ooh, you're right, okay. So you articulated it so well. Um, That has been my Achilles heel. And I do feel like freer and like I am building that muscle to just be, girl, just be. You be being Um, like. So it was really like a series of moments um, that were dark for me. One moment that comes to mind is, so I was on this path, I was in a relationship, I had the whole thing. We knew what we were doing. We knew what we were, where we were going. Uh, the business was going, knew where that was going. Had pretty much everything, quote unquote, figured out. And then that relationship ended and it was like a shakeup. And it was like, and the universe was like, uh-uh, like, oh, you thought you knew? Oh, you're about to, you're going to learn today. And it was like, oh, we're going to put you into this practice of asking who am I, who am I, who am I? So I remember one evening and I was, I was actually doing a, a trip. And I love going on journeys because it is, what it does is it reaches things that are there and they are beneath the surface Mm -hmm. and they are influencing every decision we make, how we show up, how we hold back. It's in some of these journeys, and there was this one in particular, where I, I mean, I saw it and I felt it. I felt everything that I had been like, you know, pretending wasn't there. And so I remember the resounding story was you hit your ceiling, you hit your ceiling, you hit your ceiling. So I would say that was probably my darkest moment because my whole life was one of infinite possibilities. I mean, I was an overachiever. I was like, we could do anything. We could create anything with our word, with our thoughts, with our spirit. And in that moment, I no longer saw a future that I could create. I saw I had already hit my ceiling. I thought it was the end. I was like, nope, we already did the most we gonna do. Like we're done. And I remember what I saw One of the visions I saw in that journey was the multiple levels of judgment. So it was so clear to me, I had a visual of me judging myself. And then I was like, wait, but why are you judging yourself? So then I was judging myself for judging myself. And then I was judging myself for judging myself for judging myself. I saw four layers of judgment, like visually in front of me and I felt it. And I was like, ooh, so that's what we've been facing. Okay, got it. And then I saw the ceiling and I'm, I'm sitting upstairs in my office and my, the way my desk was set up at that time, it w- was like a spaceship. And it was like, all right, we're commanding the universe. And that's the vibe I had when I first moved in and when I first sat at that seat, but fast forward to these months later. And I was like, no, no, no this physical ceiling right here, I already hit it. It's done. Like there's, there's nothing else to do. And in that same moment, I saw, first the layers of my judgment, and then I remember like crying profusely and seeing a visual of this excavation site where I saw the like six layers going deep. And I saw, and I, for that moment I said, oh my goodness. And I was crying and I was like, these are not my tears. These are the tears of my ancestors. And I think I realized two things. One was I am here to be able to express everything that they lived, that they went through. And I'm a vessel in this moment. Mm -hmm. And it was a great moment of detaching from the tears and the emotion I was feeling. And it was so freeing because I said, okay, I'm here for you, I'm expressing this for you. And it was that, that commingling of, of that moment. And then the moment where I'm like, okay, they are trying to free you. They're saying, yo girl, like you're the vessel, you get to express without being attached to this. But then there was the moment before when I was feeling chained to my judgment and feeling like I had already done everything, I can't create anything else. That was the moment for me when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my business next. I don't know, you know, am I gonna find someone else to be with in this lifetime? What does my future look like?
0: Ooh, thank you for sharing that. So what I heard was you had to unbecome so you could recreate. Like you had to meet yourself where you were. Like, okay, this is what I think about myself. I recall someone saying that um, there's a lot of CEOs, I don't remember what I was listening to, but there were uh, all these CEOs that had executive coaches, high level CEOs that had executive coaches. And the executive coaches said that the scariest place for these high level CEOs is when they're at the peak of their success because when they're at the peak of their success, they are immediately following it with, this will come to an end eventually because I've gotten to my highest vision. I've gotten to my highest place. That means there's only down from here. And so knowing that you're at the top and you're about to start rolling down is a scary place to be. And so it's kind of unbecoming so you can recreate a new vision because you don't have to go down. You can just elevate to a new or a different place. Yes. So after that, what were some of the things that you did to like kind of begin that journey, because I think who you're referencing in that moment to who you've become is a very freer, yeah. amazing, spiritual, uh, lively, playful, uh, still incredibly intelligent, powerful CIO. For you to become the, the CIO, the free version of yourself, the spiritual version of yourself, the person that you've truly embodied, which eventually led to since 3000, I first wanna talk about like the, the tangible work that you did. Like maybe the most powerful books you read some of the actual spiritual experiences you had what were some of the things that you were like that literally was where i pivoted and was like okay
1: yes oh my gosh so the first thing that came to mind was uh changing and then removing my measuring stick so that was a huge first mindset shift that i needed to embody to then be open to the tools that were calling me and what that meant was my whole life i had that measuring stick which was First, get straight A's then it was be president of every organization so I was prom queen ASB president ICC president so the president of all the presidents at all the high schools. <laughs> like talk about achievements at the highest level like I was like oh, we doing it all it. and so I had a measuring stick my whole life so when I entered into entrepreneurship and I said okay well what's the measuring Same stick way. with the course business it's the revenue so that's when every moment the North Star the measuring stick was revenue it was okay when can we hit the million okay now we need to hit ten million and I remember being like, you know, getting calls for articles like, oh, we want to write. And I'm like, no, no, no press. Like, no, a million is nothing. We need to do 10 million. Then I'll be ready for the press. So it kept moving. The measuring stick kept growing. And so what I had to do first was change the measuring stick. So first I changed it from the revenue to number of hours I was working per week. So it changed to actually living and life. And so what I did is I focused on how can I, instead of working the 50 hour weeks, and it's wild because at this time, the company was doing really well. I had a whole official team in place, yet I was still doing all the things. I was stuck Mm. in the DIYing. I felt like I had to touch everything because I was afraid of the judgment of myself. And I'm like, I still gotta write the email. I still gotta, I still gotta look, approve everything. And so therefore I had the amazing capable team there, but I still was working the 50, 60 hour weeks. So I said, okay, the next measuring stick is, let's get this down to 10 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Once I focused on that, got it done in two and a half months. So now we're like, oh, oh, okay. We got this, cool. So the final shift was realizing like, we don't need no measuring stick at all. And I was like, out of here. Okay, out of here. And what became- Success is what I wanted to be. (laughs) What became my new North Star was, am I feeling fully self-expressed from moment to moment? When you think about that as a quote unquote measurement or a North Star, that is truly infinite. And that truly has no judgment. It's about how do I feel? Do I feel fully self-expressed? So that became my new guiding light. After my relationship, one book that was great, um, my really good friend Tara Reed recommended it, and it was called Love, Freedom, and Aloneness. Mm-hmm. So first it was me learning that there's a difference between feeling lonely and embracing aloneness. And one of my biggest stories growing up was I don't have any friends. I feel so alone. And I realized that I was carrying a story that belonged to my mom. And because I remember telling my spiritual advisor this, Rosemary, and she said, wait, 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 you, what do you mean you don't have any friends? She's like, didn't you tell me you were just in LA visiting Crystal, your best friend? Did did you just get off the phone with Tara? Didn't you just tell me that this weekend you're doing these things? And I was like, oh. she's like, where is the no friends thing? And I was like, oh, uh, okay, well, what the? And she's like, so where is this coming from? And I realized I had done a truth session. So this was another resource. Um, Lalita Ballesteros, she's amazing. Mm. She has these truth sessions and it's a two hour, three hour session with just you and her. And I had done one. And what she does is she speaks to you, asks you questions for that time. And at the end, she reintroduces you to yourself. So she says, what stage would you love to speak on? And at that point, it was the TED stage. I was like, your girl is on the TED stage. And she said, okay, I'm going to reintroduce you as who I see you as right now. And a part of that was my book that she had envisioned. And she said, the name of your book is I See You and You Belong. And I was like, ooh. And then I gifted my mom a true session. And, cause she loves learning. She, this is where I get, she loves learning and she's like, okay, and she's, she's about the shits. So I was like, okay, mommy, here you go. She did a truth session. I hadn't shared what happened in mine. She did hers and she told me, she's like, oh, Danny, it was amazing. And yeah, she told me, you know, the name of my book. Um, and, and the book is gonna be called uh, Belonging. And I said, wait, wait, wait. And I shared this with Rosemary. Rosemary said, wait a minute. Your book is a message and in response to your mom. You are telling your mom, I see you, you belong. All this time, you have been carrying your mom's story of not belonging. You know, Grew up in Panama, went to American school, never quite felt like she fit in, always talking about, I don't have any friends, I don't know where I fit in, and I took that on, and I really believed that was my story too. As soon as Rosemary said, you, you are here as a gift to tell your mom, I see you, and you belong that is a gift as soon as you told me that i literally felt lighter so my story of feeling lonely my whole life i got no friends listening to that book love freedom and aloneness and learning the distinction between loneliness and aloneness i learned that aloneness is beautiful aloneness is making friends with yourself like the best friend the biggest love of your life is yourself and i hadn't realized that and that started me in realizing oh okay, I can surround myself by beautiful things that inspired me. You know, this painting, the tulips, people like you, people like Helen. Hey, shout out to Helen. Right? <laughs> and, and it really taught me that, you know, the joy is within and I have the opportunity to be my own friend. And I started relishing in that aloneness and started asking, okay, what makes me happy? And then I started this practice of being in the pursuit of pleasure. So another book that was great is Pussy, A Reclamation. mama jana uh and she has a second book and i read the second book during that time but it talks about just our our gift as women and our divine feminine how we can show up and just flirt with life you know as my friend grace says and she's on one of these episodes you know life is romantic and so it shows you can flirt with life you know go get a coffee and just just flirt with, you know, the person and just be like, hey, how are you? And nothing attached to it all. It's just you being in your being and flowing. And so I really embodied that. Okay, how can I flirt
0: with life? How can I dance? I remember being on a call with you one time and I think we were talking about relationships. We were in our content strategy sessions. And we were talking about relationships. Those were the best by the way, (laughs) so fun. And we were talking about relationships and you said, I think I said something about when a man asks a certain question and the face you gave me, when you were like, oh, no, I, I'm the muse. Like, I'm the man's muse. Like, I'm the muse in every room that I walk in, including any man that I choose to, like, share my life with. And like, oh, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> like, I was like, but you have truly, like, created that in your life. I've watched you constantly choose your magic within. Like, live in flow, live inspired. like." you talk about always being fully expressed and I don't know anybody that practices that better than you. Like, I so enjoy watching it and I think it's coming to life, literally coming to life, you as the executive producer through your Sense 3000 brand. And for so many people watching, and this is coming from a, a fan, a follower, where from this healing journey, how did you go, okay, not only do I wanna live life fully expressed, but I feel like your next level execution of it is through your Sense 3000 brand. And so how did you go from Course From Scratch, the story you were telling yourself around Course From Scratch, and this brand new brand fully embodying your past, present, and future self? It's
1: interesting because I think what we'll find is with Sense 3000, it is all about embodying your past, present, and future self now. And one thing I realized is we often end up returning back to ourselves, and so this brand has always been inside of me everything i've done has been a reflection of this i just didn't have the language or the the consciousness of it and so it was a natural next thing what helped is the proximity piece you know i was being you know newly single i had more space to surround myself with more friends, um, new people who are also futurist visionaries. And so the first piece was putting myself in proximity with other like, futurists and visionaries. And I was like, oh wait, what's this whole Web3 NFT? Okay, interesting. Oh, what's this whole spiritual? Okay, interesting. So that was the first thing was really like calling in and being open to and being moved by and putting myself in proximity with, with folks like that who already saw the future and were living it. And then it was going to events like conferences, continuing to learn. Um, It was going on the unplanned last minute trips where I got to like express myself and and dream through these ideas. And so with Since 3000, you know, it started as an NFT project and it started with this vision of how can we create the first collection that really reflects who we are? Because I don't see a, a collection that looks like me and that has the essence and has like the fashion overlap and like the physical and the digital, the digital fashion. Because
0: your fashion is on point. Hey! If you don't tell
1: those people to get out of my DMs, they're
0: like, where are the BTS footage of her shoes and her jewelry and like all the things? So you're a vibe. Continue. Shout out to
1: Germany, my collaborator. <laughs> Shout out to the Germany. Of the century. So it started there and then it moved into all right, I wanna do a show. I thought about. I was seeing this shift where I was feeling resistance to being the quote unquote expert in the room and being the teacher all the time. This identity of I'm the teacher, I'm the expert. So creating a course, creating a course from scratch, um, you know, I am the teacher, I'm the expert. I go on my Q and A's, I am the expert. They are asking me all the questions. I am there to to give, to to deliver to give the answers. On my team, I was the CIO. I was the leader, the CEO at that time. Before I rebranded it in a way that inspired me, and they were coming to me for the answers. Um, and and I felt, you know, I created this narrative that I had to give them all the answers. So it was me going to uh, hosting masterminds and being the expert, the one that everyone's asking questions. So I saw I wanted to be a student again. I'm like, mm. I love being a student. And I thought back to the original, uh, you know, business project I created, which was called the Do Love Project. And this was a decade ago. It was in like 2012 when I was living with my mom and I was dreaming up what I wanna do. And it was, one of my first projects was called um, Do Love Therapy Sessions. So I wanted to create an online course and I said, okay, I wanna, but I wanna talk to the people and I wanna be a student of what their biggest fear is in doing what they love for a living. And so I remember just interviewing people, and I just loved interviewing people. And then I did a podcast with my best friend, Crystal, uh, Brand New Nation. And this was a decade ago. I was like, girl, you know, if we would have kept doing that thing, we would have been so I know we should have kept going, but Oh, okay. the people that started but, 10 years ago, locked in. Right? Locked in. But it was so much fun. Like we got to be students. Like we would say, who do we find interesting and fascinating? Let's bring them on the show. So we had Zim on there. We got to ask her about travel hacking and how she's creating this cool life for herself. We had Ariel on there who had just gotten cast on a reality show, but really made it her own and was like breaking down all the barriers. Like we had so many amazing people on in there we got to ask them jabari how are you doing these r b colors parties how is event businesses an actual business how much are you making how much are you taking home how are you I got to be a student and so with this this show I was like wait 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 I'm going back to where I started which is what I Freaking love! I love being a student. I love sitting on the couch and being like, "So tell me, how did you do this?" And then I love taking what they share and you know digesting it and synthesizing it into a framework, a fun ass acronym that you know really vibes and resonates, so that others can do it too, and helping create the blueprint. So what I started creating with Do Love Project was um, these press playbooks. So the first like version of my course was called Press Play. And when I did it, it was so funny because I'm like, girl, you're supposed to be creating your first course. In the course of creating my first course, (laughs) I end up doing these webinars where I would host other people and I would have other people on and I would interview them. And I was supposed to be selling my course, but this was a decade ago. There was no course on webinar. Like I didn't know what I was doing. So I ended up turning my supposed like like sales webinar into an interview and I would just get deep into their stories. And I was like, you know what I can do? I can do these press playbooks. And so I had like Arell Moody on and he's like this like, world-renowned speaker, and I was like, ooh, I could do a press playbook with with Aurel and interview him, turn it into a framework, and we could collaborate on this playbook that others can use to become speakers. So when I started, I really, like, yes, I was creating, and I created my first course, Press Play, but at the same time, like, what brought me so much joy was also interviewing others and helping them create playbooks, tell their stories. So that was a big shift for me, was saying, I want to be the student again. I want to have this show. I want to play dress up and talk to my friends. Which
0: is literally what you've been doing. Yes. (laughs) And it's so so fun. fun. So fun. (laughs) I have to highlight what you just said, because I think in the industry that we're all, you know, so many of us are in, which is this uh, influencer guru. It is this fight to the top. Like you always talk about your North Star being at first, it was revenue. I think people, when they start making a significant amount of money and a significant amount of impact, For you to say that you wanted to become a student again, I think is so important to highlight the purpose behind that because to me, and when you really get down a lot of these books we read, right, when you go on this journey, they talk so much about the intent, and Gamal, your guest, talked about this as well, of building wealth, building something, whether you love it or not, killing it, crushing it, making enough money either exiting or making enough money to invest it in something else, And then that now gives you the because so many people that are in survival don't have the time or the space to actually focus on like what is it that i want the book wanting right and you put yourself in a position where you could take some time off and go okay i did all the things i'm evolving i can feel my identity shifting and i want to be a student again because maybe i don't know what that next thing is but i can feel myself no longer identifying with course from scratch danielle no longer this high achiever, perfectionist, and you still are incredibly talented and you kill it every time, but saying, "Okay, I want to be more fully expressed. I want to be more free. And what is this going to look like for me? And then being a student of it and being a student of yourself. I think there's so much ego out there and people just don't stop long enough to go, "Okay, what's next and let me sit in that. Mm. And so my question for you is there was a process that came with that. And gamal talked about this was there ever a time in being a student again where your ego got in the way where you were like i'm not achieving enough right now i'm not doing enough i'm not being seen enough i'm not where you had to kind of check -check, self-check self-audit i think one very
1: recent moment is when i was thinking about this show Mm. and i found myself getting into the same pattern of if this, then that. So when we have the show and my Strengths Finder, have you done Strengths Finder, Clifton no. Strength? Oh, so good. So when I did Strengths Finder, my top ones, my number one was Futurist. You
0: literally live there. <laughs> That's where you live. That was
1: my number one. And so that means I'm motivated by what could be by the future. Uh, the second one was Activator. So that is when you can make a roadmap that goes from point A to point B. And then the third one was Maximizer. And that's when you think about how do we maximize every situation? So that's amazing. And also what I found is it became limiting for my self-expression. It became limiting for that question of who am I and what does fully self-expressed me look like? So when creating the show, my mind automatically went to what comes after? What's the opt-in? What's the call to action? What's happening? Like, where are we sending people so we can maximize opportunity? And I, was talk- and I was about to build a whole new, I was like, oh, we're building a whole new platform. It's gonna be this, yes. it's gonna cost this. I had the timeline, the spreadsheet. Here's what we're about to do, monthly recurring revenue. And I talked to my business manager and he said, I want to have you try something on because he's very spiritual as well, which is really dope. And we can go months without talking and he will say what i have been feeling and i'm like ooh. so he said you know where i see th- where you are right now is that it is is dark and you've talked about this you've said like whoo, it's i don't know what's happening i don't know what's there and he said it's dark for a reason like before any of this was created it was dark it's calling you to create what's next you're not going to create in the light It needs to be dark because it's waiting for you to build. And he said, You, when you think about early civilization, you know, the East Coast was developed. You had New Jersey, you had New York, those colonies were developed. There was nothing out West, Mm -hmm. there was nothing out there. Like, you needed to go and build it. He said, I find you going back to the East Coast, to those early colonies, because that's where you feel grounded. That's where you feel safe. You think I've got to create this another business. Like this is what I need to do. And he said, I want to invite you. I want you to know that you don't live on this earth. You're not supposed to be a part of the colonies. You're not supposed to be in the house. You want another planet. You're supposed to go out West. It's supposed to be dark where you are because you're here to create, bring the light and create what's next. And he said, so what if with this show, you see where it goes if you have a quote-unquote plan that. for it and you have okay step one is this and then it's going And then step, how are you allowing what's really like beyond your comprehension gonna happen how are you allowing the rock to see you dwayne johnson he's amazing how are you allowing him to see your show and be like i want to partner with her if you already have it figured out when you're sending people over here and so everything you're doing is narrow-minded because like, we got to structure the show in a way that takes people here. We got to say this because they need to go here. Uh, the Rock ain't gonna be messing with that. He gonna be like, oh, okay, cool. No, no, no,
0: no. Or I want to be a guest on her show because it looks so much fun. fun. Ooh, okay. What? Because so the I fully expressed Danielle me. is fun. Wow. She's a party starter. She's literally oh. a blast. And so for them to watch and be like, that looks like so much fun and she looks so different and I want to be a part of that the optimizing, maximizing, perfectionist Danielle would not have. And I saw you go back and forth in that process. You were there but that. Yeah, I was there. I was there because I remember the text message. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we got off a call. And it was when you hit me with the curveball. And you were like, plot twist, twist. Uh, going back to everything that we said we weren't doing. And I was like, wait. And then I said, OK, I'm going to go with the flow. And then you found it on your own. I almost said something. And I was so happy. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to. And then one day you text me and you said am i overthinking this am i i'm thinking that i have to maximize and sell this and make it the best thing and the most possible the best opportunity for my audience and all the things am i overthinking this and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) i was like i wasn't gonna say it but yes (laughs) the version of you that i see now in this space is you're doing exactly your strength finder, you're doing exactly what you're called to do um, and where this is going, we don't know. And I always say God gives us like slight previews or, or uh, visions that only are meant for us. And it's literally for us to just obey or commit to because his vision is so much bigger than anything we can conceptualize. Mm-hmm. We are narrow minded in the fact that we cannot conceptualize what he can conceptualize for us. So sometimes it's just, here's a little snippet, which was probably your original podcast idea, which is I just want to have fun with my friends. I want to go back to remembering all the fun I had in these interviews. And then you got caught up in what's made Danielle successful, your original story. Who made Danielle Leslie? You did, but how? And what What all the things that work for me? Optimizing and maximizing every opportunity. Mm. And so you went back to that and then I was like, but what I see in this for you and what you know, like your business manager said was, you're gonna lay the foundation, you're gonna lay the future for what's next for so many people through this show. You're gonna be like, this is where we're going. Women are now investing in NFTs. Everyone can have their, like you're literally laying the foundation for what's next. Mm. The first time I came here and met you and heard you talk about all this stuff, I was like, I had my moment that you had of a new ceiling. I was like, oh, the ceiling is new. Mm. Like the ceiling has lifted Mm. because hearing you talk in your, where you live, which is (laughs) 3000, I was like, oh, new ceiling new place like i have had it all wrong take it to the next level what What ceiling i mean we've never even heard of this correct you you have none like you're past the moon and beyond (laughs) the stars that's where you live but hearing you in that space was what helped me elevate Mm -hmm. and so i was like i've been i've been known stay the course danielle leslie like i Mm -hmm. you're taking me to the next level and so you operating in that space has been um i've watched you resist the journey and then embrace it and the more I see you in here, the more I'm like, oh, there's something so big coming. It's so massive. Oh. It's, it's your bigger big. Yes. So this one is for your audience um, because, oh, let me be selfish. This is for me. And then if this <laughs> resonates with you, you're welcome.
1: Um, <laughs> I love it.
0: This is for me. So three and a half years in entrepreneurship, like I'm literally a toddler, right? I think about a child. Like walking can function. Fully self-function? No, not really. Like needs some assistant, needs help, and needs to constantly be empowered and motivated, right? So three and a half years in entrepreneurship, and there are days where I'm Beyonce. Like you can't tell me shit. Money's coming in. Mm -hmm. I am in the like, dancing in the car. Give me all the sales calls. Mm Watch me work baby. Yes. And then, and you get this vibe of like this is the rest of my life. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, oh yes. the way I feel I right now. Oh yeah. Me I'm for the like rest forever. of my life. Yeah, I'm going to feel like this forever. Nothing could You're literally invincible. Nothing could stop me. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> um and then and then y'all know this one. Then you find yourself crying packing a bag because you think tomorrow you're going to have to go live under a bridge. Because oh, now yes. nothing makes sense. <laughs> yes. I remember being in a, at Ask Live with Ryan Levesque and he was like, why do entrepreneurs always think when we have a bad month that we're immediately going to have to go live under a bridge? Yes. I was like, oh, that's absolutely the case. So you're packing your bag and you're like, my journey's over. I, this was not meant for me. I, I was not created for this. I have failed miserably. Now I have to go tell my mom and all the people that, that doubted me right. that they were right. So, so let me prepare my uh, death of the ego over here. Story, my letter, right? Yes. We talked about your dark night of the soul, which was personal, but for your business, did you ever have the I'm a pack my bag moment? Like I can't pay my and I'm talking about deep like because we said dark night of the soul is usually a breakup or like it's a renowned identity moment for business. It's like I can't pay my staff or um, I thought that investing one hundred thousand dollars in that was going to work and it did not. So I'm not as smart as I thought. Like, what was this uh, cry in the car moment for your business for you?
1: Oh wow! So I'm big on investing in coaching and mentors. I remember my friend Anna from homemade cooking. Shout out to Anna; she's amazing. Um, and she would joke with me and be like, "Yo, I'd be joking with my husband. Like, I've never met anyone who spends so much on herself. And when I say herself, it's not on the shoes or the purses. It's on a coach. It's on a program. It's on a learning situation. Exactly. Like I think at my height." At one time, I was talking to my therapist every Monday, I was talking to my business manager every Wednesday, my spiritual advisor every Thursday, my business coach every Friday. I was mean- Was this
0: the fear of losing the money that you had
1: made? Not at that point. Okay. When I first started working with like two coaches, yes. When I did my first six figure month, mm. yes. So when I did my first six figure absolutely. My motivation was, oh, I don't wanna screw this up. Yep. Like I've never had this much money, what am I doing? So yes, at that time, The motivation was, let me find people who have been there before. Let me find the visionaries. They've already walked the walk. Let me partner with them. And at this time at the height, I actually did it from a place of, this is what I do to level up. Like I'm always, I guess uh, one of the things I'm motivated by is the learning. It is the like collapsing time. How can I get there in a fraction of the time? And what really took me out was when I made a major investment in a coach and then Um, worked with another team and made a major investment, plus was offering rev share to this team. And after working with them, I was like, oh, this ain't it. And then I'm like, wait, oh, this is not getting better. Oh wait, this is really not getting better. And me realizing that, I guess I had just worked on certain skills, but not, there was this skill of like listening to myself and knowing my voice is the most important voice to listen to. And in seeking the learning and how do I collapse time, I had adopted a philosophy that what that looks like is working with coaches and working with mentors and giving them all my money and giving them this and giving them that. And so I didn't have as much liquidity as before. You know, the margins were different because I was putting it over here in this bucket instead of if I had just paused and said, you know, let's let's just take a little break. And I liken it to my journey with uh, medicine. I've gone on like a few journeys and last year was my year of journeying. And then this year I said, this is my year of integration. So all the learnings I got from working with the medicine, doing the journeys, this year, I'm going to integrate those lessons and I'm going to listen to this voice that they helped cultivate, they helped curate, but also it's my voice. It's the highest voice. I'm going to listen to that of God of universe of me, the highest voice. I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to go and I'm going to be great. and I'm going to integrate all the lessons. So same thing with these coaches. I said, okay, we're going to pump the brakes. So right now is the first time in my whole life, probably like adult life. I don't know in how long, I guess maybe, yeah, since starting my business, since I worked with those first coaches where I'm not working with anyone. Mm. So I paused my therapist. So it's been a couple years. I'm not working with my therapist not working spiritual advisor, you know, not any business coaches, not partnering with anyone, not paying anyone for masterminds like I am integrating Mm -hmm. and I'm saying, what does my voice sound like? If there was a superpower, we had a CEO retreat and we were talking about superpowers that we wished for when we were kids. And I asked the table, what's one that you want now as an adult? And mine was the superpower of deciphering. Is this my voice or is this someone else's voice? Is this the ego which to me means society significant other parents uh, coaches peers like whose voice is this that would be the superpower and so since then i've been practicing that muscle and i realized what helps is to remove the outside voices i'll say i wouldn't have gotten to this point without all the coaches and the investments i made right i wouldn't have as many lessons to integrate and so i want to honor and thank every single coach mastermind investment like they got me to this point and i think all of them and i think the previous version of danny who made those investments and now i get to embody all of that and ask myself okay whose voice is this and what do i want
0: i hope y'all heard that loud and clear there's such a message out there that is like don't hire a coach that doesn't have a coach and don't um you know you should constantly be learning and you should constantly be paying someone but if there's anything i've learned more so on my healing journey is there is a season and you're using the word integration, which I love, but you will slap yourself in the face every single time when you are in your darkest moments or having a like, lapse, I feel like, I always say like, you're, you're only as healed as your next best trigger. And so you will be mm-hmm. in a triggered moment and be like, wait, it is, it is astounding when you realize like, wait, I feel like I can't get out of this, but I can because I've learned the tools. I've actually, in fact, heard that several times, but I never stopped long enough to integrate or to apply the lessons. So we're a consume, 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 consume culture, but we don't actually practice anything that we learn. and they're the only way to do that. You talked about it earlier, alone or being uh, practicing aloneness yes. and integrating. Saying, okay, like, how are you gonna go learn all these tools, physical and or mental, and for your business and for your like breath work, you know, for me, the breath work and like, then for me to have a moment and be like, wait, I'm not doing breath work anymore. So no wonder I can't self-regulate through this moment because I'm not practicing any of the things that I learned. Mm. And so the practice of simply integrating and getting really quiet because we're always trying to fast forward through, uh, fast forward to the success, and then I'll practice those things. Because I always talk about how like success can't silence the noise. So oh. you have got to. People try to like fast forward the success, and then I'll implement the things. Because I just need to be at a place where I can stand still. Well, that will not come. So you have to create it. Okay. So for you to have a season of integration, I hope y'all heard that clearly, because that is so powerful. Of like, you need a season of silence. You need a season of of silence. I love that, the
1: season of silence, because, well, there are a couple distinctions that I think will help, like, help me in my journey. And it's asking what I need most now in this season. And so it may be a season where there is a new skill you want to learn and therefore you buy that program to learn that skill. Yes. Y- you mentioned breathwork and this would set it off for me. I was like, "Yes, Wim Hof, come to me. Yes, breathwork, breathwork course because I'm like, I don't know how to do no breathwork." Like, mm-hmm. so that is a skill in which I would invest in a program and I would learn that. And then there is the other type where it is the coaching where you are entrusting and hoping that this person is asking you the open-ended questions that allow you to go inside of yourself, as opposed to projecting onto you what their version and definition of success is. Oh, a CEO is not supposed to do anything. A CEO is supposed to outsource everything. You're supposed to be out, you're supposed to do, and it's like, okay, maybe some of these things, but not all of them, and you get lost in doing that. So I think definitely making that distinction of, okay, what do I need most now? Investing in that the season of, of silence, what that made me think of is even a day to day practice of the silence. So that would be, you know, what Deepak Chopra calls the gap. It's yep. like Dr. Joe oh, calls man. the space in between, but it's the meditation. It's the even, you know, if you're just um, sitting listening to music, what messages are coming through. But yeah, that has been so, so big for me, creating mm-hmm. that like on a on a micro level and a
0: macro level. Your journey is my favorite. And the way your brain works is my favorite. Oh. <laughs> okay, get your drink because we're gonna have some fun now. Ready? Okay, because to get to ask, Daniel, we doing shots? What we do? Oh, sorry.
1: No, uh, I mean that sounds like fun. Now. I was, I was gonna tempt you to see if you would take after,
0: it after two more solo episodes. Absolutely. Eight. Um, no, but to ask you to time travel, you really embrace this course from scratch to send three thousand. You're totally embodying this. To me, you're fully embodying this right now. There's a next level after that. I had to. There's a, it's like, you always tell me this, there's a new big boss, right? So like oh, the, yeah. the Mario game, it's like, we get there and we're like, we did it. And we went down the tunnel and then out comes this new land. And you're like, wait, the boss is bigger. Like, yes, wait, I wasn't boss. And I, I remember for me, it was changing the name of my show. So mm-hmm. like four and a half years, I was the stranded phase. And to be crying in a hotel room in Miami on the balcony and being like, why do I feel so unaligned to get to the moment of like, wait, I'm marrying this story. Like I'm marrying, I'm literally marrying the idea of being stuck when I'm literally not anymore, other than in my mind. So like I'm embracing these stories to feed an audience that I fed when I was stuck. Well, I'm not stuck anymore, but I'm keeping this story in my head. So what does the new me look like? And that was Embracing Rich in Real Life. Mm.
1: Um, (laughs) Come on, Rich in Real Life. Y'all better follow and subscribe. Gotta get these jabs from
0: Jess. It was, but rich in real life, like being rich in everything. It was community, connection, and spirituality. We from the
1: stranded phase
0: to rich in real life. Yes. Ooh, mm-hmm. I love it. Because that was my birthday theme, and you oh. inspired that. Oh, no way. You inspired that. When you talked about the birthday party, when you told me that story about your freaking birthday and that Helen threw you this party yes. and it was themed, yes. I literally called my girlfriend the next night and I was like, okay. Listen to this story. And I was like, and I was having my 33rd birthday and I had just went through my most most transformative year ever in my life. Like my dark night of the soul, like crying in a bathtub, all the things. And I was like, okay, I'm coming out of that now. And I want my birthday to reflect like my new year. I want my birthday to be my new year. And I was like, what? And she was like, okay, well, what is the phrase? And it just came so fast, like rich in real life. Because there's all these influencers and gurus and the flashiness. All the things that brought me joy and got me out of a dark place were... Sisterhood. It was connection. It was being rich in spirituality. It was being mm. rich in faith. It was being rich in, um, just like fun and mm. finding mm. things that brought me joy and just like. And then when you are in that state in that spirit, the money comes. Oh yeah. So it's what? like then you get to be rich. So, congrats. Mm. Like being mm. rich it's in already my life. there
1: waiting for you to open your arms and catch it? Exactly. It's like being in the money machine, you know, when it flies up all the money. I mean, literally, like, that's what we're living in moment to moment, and we don't realize it. Like, we are in the money machine at every moment. There is money flying around. Everywhere. It's energy. Energy. And all we got to do is get in there and catch it. Grab, Grab it. it. Grab it.
0: Mm. <laughs> so what is 10 years from now for Danielle? Like, what does that look like? Time travel. Where are you? What are you doing? Mm. Are you married? Do babies. Mm, mm, definitely all of those things. So, I recently
1: went to celebrate my sister's birthday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, our friend Amira threw like a celebration for her at the Museum of Ice Cream. And it there was- It so was so cute, by the way. Oh, it was so cute. yep. Yeah, we, we got in the ball pit, we took the little photos, with our glasses on, it was fun. And there in the Museum of Ice Cream, there was like a prompt, like a wall of prompts. And the prompt said, uh, what is your biggest dream for this year? and so mira's like why don't you go first and i said it's to be engaged and she was like oh wait what and i think she was expecting a business goal and all of that and i said you know i know that the business goals are going to happen i know all those things are going to happen the demonstration of my biggest personal growth will be me Attracting, connecting, and solidifying a relationship with a person because that will mean that I have truly gotten out of my own way. Because something I realized recently is I do struggle to receive love. I'm the first to put, be like, uh uh-uh, uh, six feet and not even know I'm doing it by being like, no, 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 like, I'll see you in like a week. No, 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 um, I don't want you to be here for that. Oh, sorry, can you leave in 10 minutes? I got this thing to do. I'm feeling a little stressed about my work. Can you go? Instead of being like, how can I partner with this person to you know help me create this thing? So for me, that realization was, okay, if I am with someone and engaged, that means I have truly gotten out of my own way and I'm able to receive, like that filter, and it's open, and I'm able to receive. And also, I have released this glamorization, right? So I, what I realize is, I have a measuring stick in relationships. So in a, a love relationship with a potential life partner, I do glamorize it, and I expect that we will never have a disagreement. Um, anything that I that you know doesn't vibe with me. It's unchangeable. You're not gonna be able okay, to Disney.
0: change it. <laughs> like oh, Disney movie! <laughs> Is it? What do you mean? Like the you know how the men always say that like oh you have a Disney fairy tale love story. Yeah. And like because Disney only shows us like when they choose each other and they get married. Oh yes. And then it's like oh, oh we're that's gonna be in love forever without
1: realizing
0: it. That's yeah. what I
1: had. Yeah. Right? Because I'm an eternal optimist. So I'm like of course it's gonna be amazing yes. without me realizing no 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 like you will have disagreements mm-hmm. and you will have difficult conversations. And I grew up not having difficult conversations. There was no like confronting conversations. So now those feel very uncomfortable. And I just, I just, when I see something that doesn't vibe, I'm like, let me go over here, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you can't change it, let me go over <laughs> here. So now I've learned the practice of, okay, let's have a conversation. Oh, oh, you are willing to change those things, which is so weird coming from me because I am a growth mindset type of person. I'm constantly improving and I attract others who are constantly improving and who value self-awareness. So where, why on earth didn't I believe that this person could make a commitment to say, oh, I could create the possibility of showing up in this way instead of that way. For that to happen even you know, in the next year would be huge so when we fast forward we time travel you know she already living in 10 years from now danny's already living so yes she has an amazing husband who is self-aware. We have conversations for like four hours, lose track of time. We're like somewhere else. We laugh all the time. It's like intellectual conversations. We vibe, we connect. I am his muse, certainly. Mm -hmm. Every day I walk in, he sees me. He's like, it's like the first time he's seeing me. He's like, wow, wait, let me take this in. Your pants, oh my God, this brace. You just like that. Every moment, every day that's happening. We have kids, so two to three, probably two, let me know, two. Um, And what, oh, and the kids are awesome. awesome. So, because they're their own beings. And I'm like, oh, what are you here to teach me? I get to be a student again. I wanna be a, let me sit in the student seat. They're creating their own worlds. They're inspiring me. I'm fully in play. Um, So we probably have homes in different parts of the world, maybe, so I love London um, for maybe like four months of the year, you know what I'm saying? Like a like a spring, summer situation. So potentially spending some time there. Love New York, so definitely have a main home here. Um, most likely with a lot of greenery and um, some version of homeschooling with the kids potentially unless we can find a school that really like aligns with our values. Um, I've always had this this vision of like my friends also teaching my kids. So we do a summer camp or we do like a quarterly camp where all of my amazing friends, you won't be there, you there right now. I'm in. Okay, y'all are, y'all are there
0: too. My son's and, grown, he'll babysit. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love it! That's he's, right. He's old enough to babysit at okay, this point. Okay, him a job. Yeah, he's babysitting. <laughs> and we're paying top, <laughs> top dollar. No. You watch these babies. You know what I'm saying.
1: So we're doing a summer camp, and you're helping them. You're interviewing them on the podcast. you are helping them create their own show. Helen is leading them in like a visualization exercise. Like, what do you want to release that in this moment? So Helen what do you envision? <laughs> right? <laughs> Dallin is there and he's showing them how to actually like they shoot can produce the their film, own, produce show. Her own show. And so some That's of the good. kids are producing while some of them are learning from you and being on the podcast. Sean is there teaching them how to tell, tell stories. stories. Robert oh. is there and he's showing them how to perform and show up and, and maybe produce their own kind of TV show. We've got all the friends there. they doing all the things. Tara is teaching them how to Build an app and also teaching them how to dance and be fully self-expressed through dance. That is what I see for my kids. Whether it's quarterly, but some kind of learning experience that is really pulling in my community because that's where we came from was communal living. And yes. then we isolated ourselves and we're like, oh, let's let's live in this box with the only individual. individual us and try to struggle and make it work and force a parents to move or invite them to move to where we are to help out. Like, nope, taking it back to the community and realizing that friends are family. Um, so bringing them in by then, I have. You know books out i have shared a lot of like my mindset my quotes i've done a lot of writing i write almost every morning i wake up and i do my morning pages i'm still doing a show in some form or fashion like perhaps i do a tour and i go to these different locations so we can World School, the kids they can see these different places, and while I'm there, I interview really interesting people. I might be studying something in particular. So one of the things I, I like really wanted to do was I was like, oh my god, it would be so cool to go back to D School. So Stanford has the Design School mm-hmm. and learn about design because design is under everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean everything like not only furniture but how do we design communities how do we design buildings for maximum um colliding of different personalities different people um so maybe i've like gone and studied something one other thing i wanted to do was like i was like wouldn't it be dope if and it was almost like i was like okay if i was a student again and i was in college and i was designing my dissertation what would that look like and if they gave me like a budget for it okay or not i just made it myself because that's what we do The money's everywhere. Catch it. Okay. We got the budget for it. Pull it in. So it was a project where I would go to um, the schools with the top educational programs and not rated by like a weird metric stick, but actually like qualitative education, like Mm. out of the box, like learning the mindfulness meditation, the coding, because it's not about learning the coding. It's about learning the mindset that it's okay to fail. If you think about coding, you put in some things and then you click refresh, and then you open up the page and see what it looks like. And if you didn't quite get it, you're like, okay, let me go back and let me just change this character and refresh it. And I learned that in my web design class in college. And I'm like, oh, this is a great practice in just like taking risks and failing and knowing it's okay, you can iterate as you go along. And then having that logical thinking that if this, then that reasoning. Okay, if I do this, then this will happen. So, you know, like studying the schools that are doing that, interviewing the principals, interviewing the top, uh, curriculum designers in those programs and finding out and and going and being on the campus and being like, Ooh, the design of the campus is so that the playground is in the center of the campus. So when they walk to their classroom, they need to walk through the playground. So they have a sense of play and there are things they can interact with so they can be in motion and be in their body and, you know, collide with a friend and do a quick dance. So there's a dance session. I was like, that'd be super dope to just study and interview these people and figure out, okay, what is leading education look like? What does, what are the new, you know, edges of that? So perhaps I'm doing something like that, and my show is showcasing that, where I get to interview them, and you know, perhaps it's on Netflix or it's on Discovery or or OWN. Oh, shout out to Robert, because you already have your show. You go, you gonna just slide me right in there. You phone me, uh, <laughs> Jasmine, too, with your children's show. Oh, that's another thing. My kids are being also raised through my friends and the things my friends have created, because Jasmine's children's show is going to help raise my kids. That's going to be the new, you know, Blue's Clues, Gullah Gullah Island whatever, fill in the blank, kids show Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, and they get to see a woman who looks like their mom teaching them these practices that we didn't learn. So my kids are actually are yeah going to be raised by my friends and the people I've even had on since 3000 on this show. Um, I see all
0: of that and more. You painted this vision for me and I saw so many things. I saw like, when you said this, I was like, okay, we're doing a pod, you'll have a podcast room. So just like the sex room, you'll have a podcast room. Oh, this so is the, 3,000 studios. This is oh, 3,000 oh, yeah. studios, oh, yeah. absolutely. And then like Robert talked about with a sanctuary. Oh, and, and the sex room too, sorry, too. so we have both. They're sex not the room, same. podcast <laughs> room, they're not they're the not same. same. No, they're not, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's not an easy <laughs> tran- transition. <laughs> so those toys and tools are different. Um, <laughs> So you have the sex room and the podcast room. You have your Sensory Thousand Studios, where you can produce, uh, help other people produce their content as well. Because now you've literally created, this sounded like a university, Mm. because you surround yourself with people that constantly inspire you. So you have everyone readily available around you that, like, you're like, they could inspire it. Not only do they inspire me, but they could inspire my children. They could continuously inspire my life. And I can surround myself with this on the constant in my sanctuary. I was like, oh, my God, I can see all of this. And then one of my favorite things about some of the most popular podcasts is when they don't try to be someone else. When they say, here's where I'm at and here's the journey I'm going to take you on. And if you intend on going through these seasons with me, you'll grow with me. And so taking them from where you are now at the beginning of Sensory Thousand to saying, okay, by in 10 years, we'll have Sensory Thousand, but I'll be. You'll be 10 years forward with me where I'm interviewing people about the design and the art and the, the way in which they create things on a whole nother level because that's where I'll be in my own personal life. Mm. People love to trek that journey with you. Mm. So I saw a lot for you. Thank
1: you for asking me that question. You're welcome. I love it. I've never you asked all your guests. You know? Wow. So I had to ask you. I didn't you. know that was
0: inside. <laughs>
1: You know what I'm saying? You need to be asked so you can reveal. Thank you for giving me this. You get inspired
0: by everyone else's future, Mm. and that's where you live. So I was like, I got to see this. (laughs) I have to see this. And And so so before we get into tell the truth, I have to just take a moment to give you your flowers. And you have inspired me so much from afar, but just uh, doing life with you in the last eight, it's been about a year Uh,
1: don't 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 be telling on don't be telling on me now you know
0: for the for the short time that we've worked together um i have to give you your flowers for a couple things that you just really put into perspective for me on another level uh one you broke the ceiling so ceiling is completely different in your mind it doesn't exist in my mind it was on my forehead and i needed it to get out of the way and so watching in the way in which you operate really broke the ceiling for me two um you took I read, I read the power of proximity in every book that I ever embraced, but to see the way in which you do it, you took that shit to another level. Mm -hmm. And it made me take it to another level because you don't even realize that you are so committed to, I don't know that it's being inspired or what it is, but you make sure that your team, everyone on your team is really bringing something to you that they elevated a level that which you aspire to. Tobia, yes. your team, your friends, the the people and the influencers that you associate yourself with. You take power of proximity to the next level. Because to me, when I would read power, power of proximity, I'd be like, oh, go to conferences and pay for masterminds. Got it. Like, just force yourself to be in rooms that you're uncomfortable in. But you make your life by design inspiring, which is like you make sure your proximity is always in the future. Mm-hmm. So that was, I have to give you your flowers for that. Mm-hmm. Three, this is a big one, is I would hit barriers or walls or self-sabotage so often that I would think, okay, every successful female CEO I see um, just has this state that she's in, or this way that she shows up, or this way in which she operates. So I need to, the woman I I was idolizing, I'm like, I need to become that. That's my block. And being around you and seeing that, not only is your brand you totally being, but you stay Feminine and soft. And that was so inspiring for me because I was like, and I, I say this in a way, but I was like, I don't have to be this bad bitch to be like, I mean, I'm gonna be a bad bitch. Okay, but, I'm, like, bad bitch, no, I'm gonna be a bad bitch. I'll be a bad, 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 bad bitch. bitch. Mean, be a bad bitch, bitch okay. But <laughs> but like I don't have to be this assertive, aggressive, demanding woman to stand out in my space. I can just be more of me and allow the people to come. Mm-hmm. And you being fully you and being feminine and soft, but just fully expressed while doing it made me like, Oh, I don't have to change. I just have to be more of who I am. Yes. More of who I am and then allow myself that space. And I think the fourth, there's so many things I could go on for hours, but the fourth thing I have to give you flowers for is just you are wildly successful. Like you are my measuring six you are my measuring stick for success. Mm-hmm. And so knowing all the success that you've had and still seeing how you love people and how you show up for people. I hate using the word humble, but you just, you love on a different level, the way you allow people in your space. Like, you know, you said all these coaches are like, you know, um, outsource, outsource, outsource. Like I had coaches like, don't ever let people in your car, don't ever let people in your home, when you do this, when you do that. And like, you're like, no, come in my house. Like, let's go to dinner. Like all these things that I saw you do with your clients and your students. And I was like, you literally just, trash all the stereotypes in the best way. Where you're like, no, no, I'm going to do this this way. And I was like, okay, I do get to do business the way that I feel the best doing it. Or else, why the hell am I doing it? Like you inspired in in less than a year. I have to give you your flowers for those things because you changed the way that I did business and the way I showed up personally in a lot of ways. So thank you. And I can only imagine what you've done for a lot of your listeners. Oh wow. so Thank I hope you. you receive that. I hope you receive that I
1: do all the way. Um, you make it very easy to receive it.
0: Oh really good yeah you love like create that. a
1: safe uh, a safe space for people to receive it oh. and to show up in that like receiving energy and give you give it so generously
0: and genuinely You make yeah. it easy. Okay so your inspiration, your tattoo is <laughs> tell the truth, which I love because I am the, I used to call myself like the queen of vulnerability. Like I was so inspired by Brene Brown. Like I was like, yeah. hey, this journey might be shit at some time, but I'm gonna tell everybody, I don't care. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. No. Y'all gonna see it I like it, it is. I
1: can your wife because we go in there. You
0: get the truth, like it is what it is. No, I almost failed today and I cried and it was hard and it's giving fuck this shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah. um, so I love that no matter how successful you become, tell the truth is at the center of your world. So you've asked every single one of your guests. So I insist on asking you, what is your most recent truth? Or what is something that you are working to tell yourself the truth about? I have something coming up for me. It's uh,
1: this breakup letter. Should I share about the breakup letter? Oh, you sipping your tea.
0: Let's go that's the truth
1: let's go okay so I was on a trip and on that trip it came in and I said oh no I'm you know I'm dating someone and I said we got a breakup it's it's six feet away again (laughs) exactly it's not doing the things I needed to do and so I wrote a letter and it was a breakup letter I knew that if I got in person with him and Attempted to break up with him, that I would either just fall on my face in my delivery, um, you know, communication on things like that. I'm still honing and exercising uh, things that are potentially difficult. Um, so for me, my strength is writing. That's my best way to express my pure, raw emotions. So I wrote a letter and you know i started out with all the amazing wonderful things that we've shared all the amazing things i love about him and then i moved into and you know we talked about because we were sitting right here in this living room and he noticed that we could occupy three different types of relationships And he's like, I don't know if we could be all three, maybe we could be two, maybe one. And the three types, you know, and the three types of relationships were best friends because we would have a blast. Like we are twins. I mean, we're so similar. We think similarly. And so we could be best friends. And we're like really like so honest with each other, share everything. He's like, I usually just share this with my boys. I don't know why I'm telling you. And I was like, you're welcome. Hello. (laughs) So we could be best friends. He's like, the second is we could be business partners. He's so business savvy, like wildly intelligent and an executor, visionary and operator delegator, just incredible. And, or we could be life partners and you know, we could get married and have a family and live life together. So those were the three and it was like our our second or third date. It was our second date and he shared that and I was like, okay. And so in the letter I said, you know, I realized that in this lifetime we are not meant to be lovers. We are not meant to be life partners. So I wanna ask, you know, can we be best friends? Can we be business partners? And I know you don't wanna hear this and you're gonna be like, hell no. However, I'm gonna take us back to our second date and say, you know, can we create this possibility and still love on each other, appreciate each other and be there for each other? So I write this breakup letter and I come back home a few days later and um, we're sitting on the couch and I'm like, I wrote you a letter. And he's like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, I would like you to read it. And he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, this isn't a breakup letter, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, Oh, ciao. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he starts reading it and he's like, okay, okay.
0: It's a breakup letter. Hmm.
1: And so he says, are you open to an exercise? And I was like, nah, I mean, it's, it's not gonna change the outcome. I'm like, no, he's like, are you open to an exercise? And I was like, okay, he's like, okay. And then I had my, my like easel and my like little white notepad set up in the living room where I do my business doodles. And he's like, can we use that? He's like, I've never used one of those before. How do we use it? And I'm like, this man, he does the most complicated things. And then certain things. He's like, how do we? And I'm like, it's because you are a boss and you operate your whole business from, from you your phone <laughs> because you're like commanding worlds. And so I'm like, just bring it to the couch. We'll do it right here. So he brings the easel right here. We're sitting on the couch and he draws a T on it. And then he puts a plus and negative. He hands me a green marker. He takes the black marker and he says, okay, write something you love about us on the left side. And so I wrote down our conversations. They're illuminating, they're inspiring, they're long, they're fun. Uh, and then he writes down uh, laughing. You know, We laugh like 90% of the time that we're together. I feel like I'm a little kid when I'm with you. And then I paused us and I was like, okay, if we keep on this, we gonna end on the negative note. So maybe we should shift to the negative side and write down what are the, the, the gaps we see in the relationship. So then I write mine down and it's something that, you know, we both shared that we need to work on that I see as an ingrained part of my personality, you know, my personal reality. And so to me, this is like almost like unchangeable. Cause I'm like, I mean, this is, this is me and that's you and that's I, we me. can't, we can't change this. We can't fix it. So I was like, boop, boop, there it is. And then he writes one and then I write one. And then he he's like, I can't think of anything else. And then I'm like, well, I got a few more if you cool with that. And then, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. And the important thing about this exercise that I learned is it was easy to sometimes we look at the symptom and we could have written down symptoms when in reality there's a root cause. There's like a root, uh, whether it's a, a way of being Right. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I told him, I was like, let's make sure let's because he I was about to write something. I was like, oh, hold on. No, that's a symptom. That's that's not the root cause. And it's not about the symptom, because if we don't address the root cause, then it's going to show up in a different yeah. way, in a different yeah. symptom. Yeah. So we were really careful about, OK, what are the foundational root causes that might be part of our personality? Things or that personal seem reality. Unchangeable. Exactly. So did that. And then this side, the plus side was way long. OK. And so we sat there. He's like, OK, let's take a look at this. And he's like, all these things, I'm going to change them. And he's like, "And, and I'm not changing them for you. I'm changing them for me because actually you're the first woman who has called me out on this. Like you're the first woman who has said, yes, you're ambitious. And also I noticed that you can be dissatisfied that you're not there yet and project that pressure onto others. Other women have, you know, glorified me for my ambition and didn't realize like there's also this dissatisfaction that was coming with it. So I want to change that. Thank you for calling that out. And whether we're together or not, I'm going to change that anyway because that's in service of my highest self. And what I found was the things we wrote down on the quote-unquote negative side were things that were really in service of us as individuals in becoming our highest
0: selves. It wasn't it's not me. Not you choking on your letter. <laughs> right?
1: Right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> exactly so he committed he's like i commit consider it done it's it's already transformed and i was like are you he's like yeah and i'm like okay well i'm willing to to change this one sort of but yeah i can and i was like but well, yes i commit to this one and that was it and he's like okay can we create so we did break up that's the catch we broke that's up with that version of our relationship
0: uh, to he said a new one. your
1: breakup letter was perfect. We broke up with that version of us. And now we're inviting in and we are welcoming the new version of us in this new relationship that we're creating. So what I realized is there is this belief I had that if it feels difficult, I will not have the conversation about it and instead I will run away. And I have met someone and been in spaces with someone who is not afraid of that. And he's like, let's talk about it put it, lay it out, put it out on the table. Let's talk about it. Let's excavate it. And I will be self-aware and I'll name it. And then I'll work on improving it. And he invites me to do the same, holds me accountable and says, is this in service of your higher self? What does that look like? So I'm like, okay.
0: So that is a recent truth that has been huge. You spoke earlier in the episode about really having to strengthen the muscle of listening to your inner voice instead of listening to someone else's. That's similar to me of like, I've always had to ask myself, like, is this God or is this my ego? How did you know in that moment that that wasn't, because sometimes we'll get in like, we'll start, we'll start protecting ourselves of like, I'm not trying to hear your opinion because I'm married to mine. How did you know that this was, you were accepting feedback and criticism with still honoring your inner voice? It was a simple question. Is this in service of my highest self?
1: Is this helping me be fully self-expressed? The answer was yes.
0: And that's all you want at your core of life. Mm -hmm. Everything else that's attracted because of that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm, This was so good. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your truth and your time travel.
1: Thank you for letting
0: me be in the interview seat. This was fun.
1: Thank you for letting me be in the interviewee seat.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. So where can your lovely guest learn more about you and find you right now? Where can they? I'm glad you asked. Because I'm stalking too. So where guest. are you?
1: <laughs> you can find me at since3000.com. Right here where you are listening to this and or watching it. And on Instagram at Danielle Leslie or at since3000.co.
0: Thank you. Thank you.